0: when you could have skyped but instead you flew 5751 kilometers it's (laughs) that's so mls with myself and as always but not always with me in person is andrew bates nick how are you doing doing fantastically well this is always such a A treat, but I feel like this time I'm a little bit more prepared to actually just look at your face and see you in human form.
1: I I hope that it hasn't been a surprise the previous
0: times. Well, it's not been a surprise, but it's always sort of like you come in, you do the show, and then you leave right away. And it's just a very strange experience because I'm very used to talking to you every week, and it's not like I didn't know you before doing the show... But it's just weird. I'm a creature of habit, is what I'm trying to say. It's the, the, I get a bit coy. I'm always like,
1: "Oh, Andrew's here. I'm always kind of, uh, it is lovely to be back in Vancouver and see people. Uh, it is always an experience where you're trying to to, to drink up as much of the city and see as much of the people mm-hmm. as possible. So sometimes it ends up being a, 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 a run... Uh, to and fro sort of scenario. Well,
0: because the last time I saw you was literally like the halftime of the Vancouver Whitecaps game. I yes. Forget. Which
1: game was it? Who were they playing? That was the Pride game against FC Dallas.
0: Right. And we had like maybe a ten minute conversation. That was like all right, bye!
1: Yes. It was. Uh, that was a that was a real because I was only there for like three days. Yeah. So it's kind of like my previous trip in October is very much just like like almost like putting things into blocks like it was a conference. Like, who's got the, <laughs> the who's got the two to four block? Yeah, you're going to be in
0: A4, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to run across the hall and see these other people for 40 minutes.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, but it has been wonderful to see people, and it is wonderful to see you and be here with you in person and make a podcast. That's right. We'll go to a game with you
0: tomorrow. I know. We're going to watch an actual soccer game together.
1: It's true. I th- uh, this is one thing I try to do. Um... I tried to make sure to do last weekend is, uh, you know, in the midst of all of the posts. I was down here for a wedding. In the midst of mm-hmm. all the post-wedding thing, uh, getting a chance to catch a game, to, to watch a game together with Ricardo, who's been a guest host here oh, right. on the yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. before. Uh, Ricardo Bortolone, Uh we watched the, the Copa America final. And it nice. was like, I gotta make sure I get a chance to watch a game of a car. So it was nice. It's kind,
0: it is kind of funny that, like, it's almost weird to, like, watch sports with other people. Like, I, uh-huh. I feel a little bit like I'm cheating. Um, <laughs> or, I guess a better term for it is I feel very distracted. Because the whole time I'm watching it with the people that I have season's tickets with, yes. I'm, like, talking to them, and we've sort of got, like, our pre-existing, ongoing, season-long conversation about the white caps. But I'm also sort of trying to like mentally take notes of what I want to talk to you about based on the game. So it's sort of like, almost like I'm talking to you, but you're not there. I'm just sort of like logging it mentally, which Mm. I always forget when I actually end up talking
1: to you. I always, I feel like in scenarios like that, my personal, in in times that I've been able to do the game, I will, and sometimes I'll even do this for the the first run of the game too. Because sometimes it might be just like a Friday night at... 11 yeah, p.m. Yeah, yeah. or 12 p.m. in Saint John, where I'm I'm watching with Sam in the midst of another, you know, doing a bunch of other stuff in the evening. Mm-hmm. I'll have to go back and see the highlights because it might be like four days later. i yeah I I try and have that first emotional reaction, and then later I'll have to go back to confirm what it is I that I actually saw.
0: I've noticed I've gotten better with that this season with the Whitecaps in particular. Is that if I go to a game, I really just try to like be there and just absorb it as a fan because whatever I'm seeing is going to be different anyway and once I go back and watch the highlights I'm probably going to pick up on different things or at best I'm sort of going like I don't have to see that again like, <laughs> especially like penalty calls where you're like I mean I'm behind the goal and there's a goal netting and fans in between me and the call so I'm not prepared in the moment to say anything other than like
1: this is horrible <laughs>
0: and then once I see the highlights, I can go on the record and be like, no,
1: it's a, a good show. It's, a, it's, it's, it's difficult. And it's difficult for me as, you know, somebody that is a journalist where um, at times I've been like a press pass person that goes to this game and I take notes and I try to like, you know, yeah come up with a, like an, a beat by beat analysis. But I also really like soccer, so yeah. it's like, this is why when, re- rarely, when I go to away games, mm. do I try in any way to get any sort of press credentials, because it's like, I only get to go to one or two, th- yeah. I only get to go to a couple yeah. of these things a year.
0: I think it's actually kind of been, like, I've been hesitant to do it too, and like really press for the press credentials, because I'm kind of like, I, so much of what I'm going to say is based off of my own observations of the game, and... I don't want like if I'm if I have that the whole game I'm just going to be thinking about that and not about the actual game.
1: It can be nice to take notes so that you don't have it in your in your in your dome. Yeah, I, at the very least, I'm not trying to make uh, game time press or not trying to write articles after. I have
0: started live tweeting from inside BC Place because mm. that's how I missed uh, Ibrahimovic's second goal.
1: Well, it's probably fine.
0: It's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have some MLS games to talk about, but of course, we have a, a World Cup final we need to talk about before we even do that.
1: That was the one thing that I realized that I had been um, enjoying in just sort of like dining on in the West in the, in the Atlantic time zone mm. is how comfortably the to- the games are organized because mm-hmm. it's like the first game is at noon and the second game is at four. So, yeah. Uh, that always hasn't resulted, you know, it being at four hasn't always meant that I get to catch, uh, you know, all of it after work, but um, it's a reasonably nice time where I don't have to get up like early for anything. Mm-hmm. And so I wake up on the, the Saturday uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, the bronze medal game's today. And I open up Twitter and it definitely has already taken place. So. I yeah. get I, I complete this wedding and I think okay it is 230 3 I can get six hours of sleep if I wake up in time for the second half and I go to sleep on my sister's couch with an iPad next to me and the <laughs> alarm goes off and I roll over and I turn the iPad on and just in time to start the second half of the World Cup final um, at zero zero so perfect perfect nice. perfect time. well timed. Uh, and it was a great. It was a great second half. Um, the I think that the genres of it's it was almost sort of like a mix of the Spain game and the uh, a mix of the Spain game and the France game mm-hmm. because I don't think that the first penalty was uh, it was a two nothing win for the United States and, and the first goal was penalty where. The player comes uh, the player's going for a high kick and Morgan comes is also coming for the ball. Alex Morgan is coming for the ball and the uh, the Netherlands player catches her with the boot up. Yeah. Which a lot of people are wondering, like, you know, I've see I saw people that were saying that like, you know, that is way too soft in terms of like, so if you're an attacker you can just throw yourself at the defender and, and mm-hmm. hope. Uh, as at some hedgehog on Twitter said, hope that it looks... Whatever happens looks bad when it's played back at, yeah. uh, in in slow motion. But the the parallel to the World Cup Final, the Netherlands World Cup Final, uh, with the kick to the chest, yeah. I feel like you just can't have your foot up that high. Even if you can feel like you justify it. Yeah. If you make... if If your studs are in someone's chest... You just can't there's just nothing that you could kind of argue about I, th- I feel. In this case, um, it was a legitimate foul. Megan Rapino scores the penalty and, and correctly uh, you know, gets the adulation and, and ties, uh, I guess wins the golden boot for they wins the golden boot on. She had the same amount of assists as Alex Morgan. Right. And the same amount of goals as Alex Morian, but she had played fewer minutes because she didn't play that one. Oh, she didn't play yeah, that yeah. one knockout round game, so she gets... I don't know. I feel like in those situations you can share the golden boot. I don't think that it has to be like that.
0: Yeah, it also seems weird, I mean, especially with a teammate, to be like, uh, no,
1: it can only go to one person, but... <laughs> that she scores her hair uh, more purple as her power level increases, <laughs> and, and certainly like she won the golden ball the, the, as well so she like became the star of the tournament and it was mm-hmm. great to see her, it, it was great to see her score that goal for a penalty but one of the things that i found to be really like like entertaining and and how we got past this sort of penalty based cuz i think that you know like 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 spain and like france mm-hmm. there were both games with even pressure where where um, the Netherlands were doing like solid pressure throughout the, the, the length of the game, and kept trying to find a way through and couldn't find it. So you had this, but for a long time you had no team, no one team making the breakthrough, and for that to be a penalty, even if it was an earned penalty, was mm-hmm. was frustrating. Was would have been frustrating. But this goal from Rose Lavelle, yeah, who scores the United States' second goal is marvelous and worthy of any World Cup final. And it's also really great to see Lavelle, who was a, a top N- NWSL draft selection not a couple of years ago, um, get that huge moment on a big stage. Everybody was very happy about it. There was this story that she watched the last World Cup final in a pizza place with her oh, yeah. like 15 yeah, 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 yeah. team or something yeah. like that. And now she's now she's in it, scoring it. Um, they have, we talked before about the duality of the team living in different worlds. Like, being viewed in the, how they're viewed in the soccer world versus how they're viewed in the culture world. And now they have wholly gone into the culture side of things again, where they seem amazing. All the pictures and gifts of them yeah. are great. They, uh, they're getting the Sports Illustrated covers where mm-hmm. each... They're printing fourteen different covers with all the different players of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the key to this Ali Long uh, accepted the key to the city in New York on behalf of the US women's national team and then lost it. Uh, somebody broke into her hotel room in Los Angeles after she was in the, the SB Awards. Oh God. And she had to tweet, Hey <laughs> hey, hey New York, I lost the key to my favorite city. Any chance you have a spare? Which that sucks. Guys, give back Ally Long's key to the city. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and as always too, like the it's great to have soccer in everybody's view. Yeah. And have it be the topic of, topic of conversation, but I like with each successive women's World Cup. This time it really it felt like the World Cup. It felt like it was as important, it was as covered and like yeah, there was a lot of stuff that maybe the attention was being given for maybe not the right reasons necessarily, but you know, as the saying goes, any publicity is good publicity. It's true. And and that the women's teams have always been very good at also not throwing away that platform. They're excellent spokespeople for, um, for themselves mm-hmm. and for the sport in general. Um, and I like that, and I like that... It's always been political, yes. And they've never shied away from that. And when people this time around tried to be like, "Wait, we just want to watch a sport," be like, the very existence of the Women's World Cup is political. So you don't yes. get to say, "Oh, I don't want to hear about your political opinions here."
1: The the yeah, women's football was banned for decades. That's yeah, so, <laughs> so, everything about where the sport is is what has been. Uh, shaped by social forces. Yeah, and I like that um,
0: Rapineau sort of said that in like, her address at the, the parade, to sort of be like, these people have carried this for a long time. And I, I think that that's right to say. I mean, obviously, uh, because we're Can- <laughs> Canadian women's team supporters, we'll be like, I mean, it's a little bit precocious
1: to say but you you include people like christine sinclair in that you include people who you know the the history of of what uh what some people refer to as WOSO pro which is the series of the mm-hmm. professional soccer leagues yeah. is interlaced with the history of canadian soccer as well so there's yeah. we work we're definitely working together in that
0: yeah uh, on the other side of things, of course, uh, now our attention fully turns back to
1: MLS. Everybody had a great time on Wednesday, didn't they?
0: Everybody, well, everybody played.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the 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 interleague play is, I feel like, something that gave everybody a lot to talk about in the Canadian Championship, uh, where MLS and... Canadian Premier League teams and USL Pro team, the one the one that's in there, uh, came head-to-head for the first time. Um, some of the games were very explosive. Some of them didn't have a lot going on. Uh, Which games didn't have a lot going on? <laughs> you well, know? um, but it, it really felt like it was a really interesting mix of Results and certainly it gave a lot of people a lot of hope and in, in, in talking points and in discussions. Which people did give a lot of hope too. <laughs> well, I mean, like there's lots of like the people people
0: who aren't necessarily Vancouver Whitecaps fans this got a true. lot of hope.
1: The Canadian Premier League. Oh, I had a bunch of notes and I, my phone crashed and killed them. Oh. So, but I do have notes from uh, the Halifax Ottawa game. Okay, um, light us up. Where you... This was this was played at Wanderer's Grounds. And, and, of course, the backstory with this one is that this is the only... Uh, this is the first time uh, Ottawa is the team that everybody wanted to join the Canadian Premier League. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and didn't make it. You had a real back-and-forth game here uh, with... You you start with... Ottawa starts with a goal... Uh, with a great goal score for the top of the box. Um... The uh, Halifax get a, a penalty back as a, a and as an attacker is is snuffed by uh, Callum Irving. That one, I don't know if I'm thinking about this one or the other one. I might be thinking of a penalty in the York 9-Montreal game. Um, but one of the things I've seen a little bit of this week is players, is teams uh, conceding penalties off of uh, plays that are nowhere near... Like the the danger zone, you know what I mean? And and it's
0: been a theme in MLS this year a bit too, I think. Where at least, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're talking about like teams that are giving up penalties in a area of the penalty in the the 18 yard box that just yeah.
1: you're like, why 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 do? Yeah, <laughs> Callum Irving runs past his defender to 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 act down an attacking player, and it's that he's to the left of the box, right, and it's like that's not a scenario where you necessarily need to close in. Yeah, um, but uh, so so Halifax got that uh, uh, got that penalty to tie up. Ottawa went ahead again with a nice forward passing movement. Uh, Halifax score, but the goal is disallowed for offside. Uh, Luis Alberto Pereira uh, plays all the way to the back line. And then tries to play to a player in front, but it's an own goal, which I think we talked before is it like a pretty great like chaos recipe. I'm just like, you yeah. know, if you if you play close enough and you're not if you you don't get you don't hit the keeper, anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, but there is this like, uh, Ottawa gets the um the sort of third goal, the third away goal to take themselves into the next the second half of the competition. Through there's a referee bubble and uh, Tissot took an amazing shot into the corner from very distance from from distance. I I, uh, I rated this game Bafo because there was a lot of just a lot of things going on, a lot of just loud goals. The the kitchen was loud. Um, and like it's also I think interesting from seating you know, in, in because of how seating worked, that all three of these games took place at MLS or sorry, at the Canadian Premier League teams as grounds. Mm, so yeah. even though the Canadian Premier League teams have, have had their first games in the competition, now that FC Edmonton accepted, mm-hmm. now that they're playing teams, that the, uh, the higher league teams that are the ones that are, are primarily the only ones to compete in the competition, mm-hmm. or the, the ones that always hit the, the higher level, it does feel like sort of welcoming the new stadiums into the fold, I think, a little bit.
0: It does. Well, and also, I mean, I don't want to, like, ham-fist this link here, but now talking about the Whitecaps and their performance against Cavalry, yes, I think that uh, Mark Dos uh, comments before the game made a lot of sense in that, like, you know, he's coached a lower division team as well because he coached Montreal Impact before yeah. they were in the pre-MLS days that the Canadian Premier League teams have something to prove here. Like, they're coming in with a bit of a chip on their shoulder, and it's a chance for them to knock down the Giants. Mm. So expect that there'll be explosive games. Expect that there'll be highly competitive games. This isn't, oh, MLS just strolls into, you know, the lower league and is just going to dispatch the the lower side. And Mm. indeed... They did not, as the case was for the Whitecaps, where they really were sort of given... Um, Mark Dos Santos went in with seemingly a bold idea to play his best starting eleven, and now that the game has happened and it was a nil-nil draw... Oh,
1: man. We can't
0: even decide amongst ourselves if that is the Vancouver Whitecaps starting eleven.
1: That's tough, because I know that they had such a terrible... I know they had such a bad time. Um... I know that like like the, it was it was emotionally really challenging to lose six one even if it's to to LA or on the weekend yeah even if it's to LA so you know it's it's 50 but I know a lot of people had that feeling where it's like man we just look like we can't get anything done here against you know against a team like Calvary. against a really good team
0: yeah
1: um, I would say that you had. Some good stuff from them. You had, uh, Donneil Henry simultaneously, like, seeming... Doing his weird Doniel Henry thing, where he has, like, a big giveaway that looks very dangerous, and then, like, uh, moments later, or, like, you know, later in the game, he has, like, an absolutely, like, game-saving, yeah. uh, tackle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he likes to ride that edge a little bit, him. But he, he has overall been a lot more consistent this season, and... Considering Kropow, um, his yeah. performance what I thought was just completely outstanding. Had
1: a great save.
0: Yeah, that that is, I mean, probably his save of the year, and coming off of a, a six-one blowout is certainly or six-nothing blowout. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Well, was that true? Did they or yeah? Six. Yeah, it was six-one for the Whitecaps. Six-one. Yes. Right. So, in a, with this one. Um, with, with all three of these, I think what's interesting is that they'll point to the draws and say, uh, this proves, this proves that there needs to be, you know, a, uh, this proves there needs to be a group stage where all the teams can, can, uh, um, where instead of the the current format where they had all the Canadian Premier League teams, kind of play against each other to qualify in there should be group stages so everybody can play against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see that argument. But it is funny that people are saying this proves that Canadian Premier League teams can stand side by side against everybody. But there is like a high probability that they're all gonna go away and lose. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's not saying that all of yeah, yeah, yeah. Not saying necessarily that all of them but but in any two in any two leg series the Home leg is your opportunity to get the advantage and none one of the three teams got the advantage. Yeah. So it's as as, as as bad as this looked. Yeah. They didn't they didn't concede and they will now be able to go home and, and have an opportunity. Uh the the stadium looked nice though. The the fans seemed in high support. Um yep. A lot of people from it seemed like some folks from from uh, from Vancouver made the the trip and, and, and had a good time, which it can only be good. Increasing the the links between you know Calgary and in Vancouver in a you know, sporting endeavor can only be good in the under <laughs> fan interest. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what continues to happen uh, on that front. The other Canadian championship game, though, I wanted to mention. Uh, was the York 9-Montreal game, which was a 2-2 draw. And I think that the the big takeaway for me, um, for Montreal, or the big the big takeaway for me, even though Montreal did even up and make it 2-2, uh, is how... how much York 9 showcased how to beat the Montreal defense. Mm. They didn't have it on the other end, because it's like you're talking... Ultimately, in... And- Compared to any other time that we've talked about in our interleague play, mm-hmm. this is a unique. It's a unique time when you're having first division teams versus first division teams in mm-hmm. North American League. Right. It's not. It's not like a USL deal. We're we're talking about two first division teams. So I'm not trying to, to slag. No, no, no. But, but when you see Maxi Rudy in there, you think, oh no, oh no. Yeah. Um. In in in. They weren't able to sustain on the attacking side, mm-hmm. but I really thought that their preparation, it, they were, they really seemed like it was a showcase. And if I was another MLS team that was about to watch, that was about to play Montreal, yeah. I will watch this game as like a textbook of how do you like cut the Montreal defense to ribbons and make them look silly.
0: And I think we've talked about this before, but people kind of, people watching soccer often forget. If they consider it at all that there's always two teams playing, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that happens before a game gets played, so it it's not just as simple as saying, "Oh, well, it's a lower division versus a higher division. I mean, in this case, that's not quite true anyway, as you point out. Um, but it's like it's always going to be a competition between two teams, and it shows that like a technically on paper, lower team. If they do their homework and prepare correctly and exploit certain things, uh-huh. can always always get a result against uh, a bigger club. And I think sometimes as fans we forget because we're just seeing the narrative of oh what an upset or well wow, uh-huh. they went toe to toe. But it's also like, but it didn't happen through chance, right? <laughs> like uh-huh. it happened through a hell of a lot of preparation to go. You know, people are watching game tape and and also using their situation to their advantage a little bit. That's why I thought it was probably the right gamble at the time for Mark Dos Santos to play a st- his starting eleven, because he'd just come off a massive loss. So we thought, well, we need to, to prove we can win something. And probably also we're going to play a really competitive game of soccer. So why not put our best players out there And try to win it so that we're a, advancing in the competition, but b we're also building up our own confidence. And And yet, cavalry were able to hold them, to uh, like really didn't seem to be too troubled by them.
1: The important thing to realize is that cavalry is no joke. Yeah, they went. They they went. They uh they went the whole spring season without with only only giving away one loss. Mm -hmm. They've been. Like the the argument of well, let's just be down. And I think that they should have played a, a, a strong side regardless of what happened. Mm-hmm. But it's like even the game plan of well, let's let's re let's refresh our morale yeah. would have worked against another team, like maybe another yeah, yeah, CPL yeah, yeah. team, yeah. exactly. But they also happened to be playing the best CPL team, and mm-hmm. in, in the first season, when you know, I don't know. It's possible that the, the level of play will only increase, mm-hmm. but I also think that sometimes uh, a league is def- a league's quality is defined by how good you have to be to be the top, and mm-hmm. if sometimes, financially, if there is sort of like a soft cap of like, well, this is only mm-hmm. how good you have to be to be uh, to be right, But this is the weird year where nobody knows. This yeah. is like you 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 only had to all you could do is make the best team that you had the ability to make and like cross your fingers and hope it would be the best. So there really is no way of knowing except in interactions like these and with how the season and until there's a season or two to pan out.
0: It's going to be really interesting to see how the cup progresses, right? Mm-hmm. Because um it uh, I, I agree, like, of course, now they're going to go away to MLS clubs and we'll see what happens, but mm-hmm. it could be a really interesting storyline if it's two CPL teams against each other in the final.
1: That's true. Um, even though my, uh, my notes got flavor blasted, uh, there yeah. were a couple of, uh, of uh, interesting MLS results. We talked about LAFC Vancouver. I was at a wedding, so I saw the results uh, at a bar While The White Caps were at a Red Wedding. Oh, no.
0: I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on the Whitecaps, because at this point, what else can we say that's different?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I thought that Mark Dos Santos went in with a pretty good plan, and admittedly, sure, when I was watching the game, and we scored the first goal, I was like, maybe? ha <laughs> ha! Like maybe there is like if anyone can do it, why not Mark Dos Santos? But I was and the
1: Whitecaps got the one nothing win up wean off LA earlier in the year.
0: Exactly. I mean, we saw Colorado do it, and um, and then I think Portland. Yeah, Portland did it in the Open Cup. Um, but the thing for me about this one was really it didn't. It still didn't tell us much. Like yes, it's disappointing, but I was thinking it was going to be three one for LAFC the whole time. And this, I, I, I said this on Twitter, and some people disagreed, but, like, LAFC was always going to win that game. They've done, okay, they haven't done 6-1 to other teams, but they've torn teams apart just as much. Mm-hmm. And so, the things that went wrong for the Whitecaps, I felt like they weren't things that hadn't also gone wrong for other teams, where we just f- failed to contain LAFC, because there's such a strong side. They've yes. got so, so much intense pressure on teams that they really do hem you in. The thing that really hurt us is that our play out of the back has improved, but our counterattacking has just been, it, although improved, was just not really present here. No. And that when you're watching a diminutive attacking... Three or four against mm-hmm. a massive LAFC backline and in, in midfield is just like it's a complete joke. We're just physically run off the pitch. Yeah. So it's it's not just quality of play; it's also fitness levels. I mean, Inbom's getting thrown around like a rag doll in some of these games, and I think it's only fair to think in a good off-season of some training and hitting the gym, he's going to bulk up. And next season, we'll see a much improved player. So it's not really his fault. But there's just such a lack of size on our team. We really didn't look in it at many points in this game. And so... But does it tell us a ton about the Whitecaps? Except that it just came at a really bad time. Like... (laughs)
1: <laughs> the yeah, result is... and I mean, La La lit up uh, Kansas City for five uh, one. Yeah, the two days previously. Yeah. So, which is also crazy to think that LaFC LaFC played on Wednesday and then played on Saturday. So they they scored uh, they scored like eleven goals in four days.
0: It's just, but then it's like I'm watching the, that the Vancouver game, and it's like in the 70th minute they bring on Latif Blessing, and I'm like. The team's not even on the pitch. <laughs> like, it's just absurd. Their side is just so strong. There's so much going on there, absolutely. It's just absurd.
1: Um, I One of the things on Wednesday that also blew my mind was the, uh, the Chicago-Atlanta result. I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I loved getting a tweet where it was like 30... 35 minutes or something. 35 minutes and it was like Chicago 4 nothing Atlanta and it was like, pardon? <laughs> I can't find it here.
0: Where it?
1: it was like, pardon? The, uh... It was just so... Uh... I tried to pay attention to that point, but I was also ready for the stat that I looked up in the wake of that was the idea that um, the, I think the record, this is the first ever season there's been two seven nothing games. Um, mm. There's no, because there was the one Montreal one. I sent you which one they I remember texting you about which ones they were. But uh, there's never been, like, there was only ever, like, one 7 nothing game a year. And mm-hmm. There's been two this year. And to me, that's, like, not... MLS has a weird form of parity where it's, like, like you would expect, like, while well, team, multiple teams are beating each other 7-1, that's a sign of a lack of parity. Because there are, like, bad teams that are getting preyed upon by good teams. But it's good teams that will suddenly get lit up by by mid tier teams creating yeah. parity uh, in 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 the form of these uh, in the, in the form of these these games. And I really thought this one was going to I really thought this one was going to seven, and it stayed at five. And then the White Cats yeah. went to six. So we're definitely we're definitely spoiling <laughs> for a third seven nothing game here at, in in twenty nineteen.
0: It could still happen. So. I guess kind of like on that note, because I really felt like this, I mean, we're getting back into MLS swing of things now. And I also wanted to capitalize on actually having you here in person is like, how do we approach this next stretch of games and think about this season? Because even these games, it's like the results, like it's a great result for Chicago, but they were winless in six leading up to it. So Mm -hmm. it's great. But we still know as much about Chicago as we knew before, that on their day, their great attacking side, San Jose got another great result through nothing against mm-hmm. LA Galaxy, but again, we didn't learn a ton there. So I've created a completely arbitrary list of award categories.
1: I wanna the one one that I saw watch today before we, we jump into the sure. awards. Uh, Cincinnati getting the win. Oh
0: yeah, that's right.
1: We can't oh, forget, we can't I watched forget this Cincinnati. game
0: and of course, we need to give a shout-out. I, like, went on Twitter and found all the Cincinnati fan accounts and was just like, I'm so happy for you! And they were like, <laughs> Well, we appreciate it! That's not nice. it! <laughs> um, also, I have to say that... Well, we'll get to it. Um, so, this was... Speaking of teams that make us eat crow, uh, as can often happen in a weird sort of parody that exists, um, Cincinnati just... Hung on for dear life here, and duked it out with Houston, who just beat New York five nothing <laughs> and and granted, Cincinnati in true Cincinnati style made it real difficult for themselves there uh after going up three nothing suddenly almost uh lost hold of the thing, but still got the first win in what seven or eight
1: yeah it would it had been a good minute. And it's like, also, that was the Cincinnati that we saw in the first game, where they were, they were everything. the The offense was clicking, things were coming together. They were, they were scoring three. They weren't just scoring, but they were scoring like in bunches. Yeah, uh, Kakuta Mane had a great, a, a great goal. It is one of the flashes that we always want to see from him, and have always believed that he he kind of has in him. in in his career. He's been like proving, like sort of wondering whether or not that. Potential will deliver itself. Um, the they did almost let it go. Yeah, they almost let it go because Elise, uh, um, they had that penalty, mm-hmm. and uh, and they also had the goal from Elise. But Spencer Ritchie was great, and and they were able to. I give them credit, even if it was three two instead of three nothing, and and they almost let it go. It's like. They've had such a bad. They've just had such an unfortunate year that even the act after, you know, conceding that second goal on 80th minute of not conceding the third mm-hmm. is like leaps and bounds ahead of where they've been as recently as like you know the last couple of weeks.
0: Well, and I actually see where they are is not all like if you look at sort of the long game. I mean, they're going to be going into a new stadium soon. Mm-hmm. Um and I see them as kind of like in a Minnesota type position, but they're probably not gonna even have to wait as long as Minnesota to do the rebuild. And that it's actually not a team where you wanna throw everything out. Uh they re-signed Kendall Austin t- or extended him this week. Mm-hmm. But when you think about like they've got a good young goalkeeper, um, in Spencer Ritchie who's actually battled to keep his number one spot, battled back, I should say, to to keep it, despite them bringing in an international player. Um, for a goalkeeper position. They've also got Nick Hagland and Kendall Waston. And it's kind of insane to think about, like, having those three in the defense and, and still struggling so much. But where they've been the weakest is in midfield in and in scoring goals. And that's just... And defensively, no, they've not been strong as a team. But you start to see where, you know, maybe the firing of Alan Coach made a bit of sense to... that. There wasn't this team chemistry, and it still seems like there's not a ton. But there's something salvageable there, where you don't need to just start from scratch.
1: If they don't make a lot of significant moves in the off season, maybe they might swap out Audie for someone. Yeah. Like like if if they don't make you know a one a one or two move switch, uh, they might. And, and they go through a preseason and you see them all of a sudden being way more cohesive then that I think proves the 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 whispers of of that you know there was a bad team culture mm-hmm. at the time if the, if you're getting the same result then maybe the people were being a little hard but
0: I I think a big thing that they've needed, and you've seen, I think, pockets of players really band together, and it points the team. This was one where the team did sort of pull together and Mm -hmm. and really work for each other. However, um, I still really want to see them make a a leadership style signing. For me, this is a team that needs a Michael Bradley or um, a player like Will Johnson. I mean, two players that people love to hate, but, like, you need some... you're not getting it from Ledesma or Addy. That's true. Or Bertone. Like, you need players, senior players who have the leadership that understand the league and can pull people together and make everybody work together and play a system. Yes, you've got to have a, a more permanent coach as well, but the way forward for me is not starting from scratch, right? Like, there's a, a system and a style of play that could can work for them, but... Um, I mean, we all know kind of how things are going to play out for them, but <laughs> it, it was just so nice to see because it was really, it was not fun to continue to talk about them week after week as just really not looking like they deserve to be in MLS.
1: More, let's see more of the potential that we've seen in teams like Philadelphia and like New England in, that sometimes turn it around in the now you had been talking about this uh, this midseason catch-up.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I just thought it would be fun. We eat our words a lot here on this show anyway, so I wanted to capitalize on having you here mm-hmm. to just sort of pick some arbitrary midseason awards, and then we'll do a check-in, or we might just forget about it. But uh, I want to see your t- picks in some award categories that I've made up here. Now, some of them are ones that might be a little bit more obvious, um, and then I have some more creative ones. So we'll start we'll start soft here because you're in the moment and you can't look at anything. And also, I should let our listeners know I haven't I, I only told you I was going to do this idea when you came in here, but you don't know what the categories are. This is true. So you're definitely in the hot seat here. So I'm going to start with who's your most improved player up to this point in MLS? A player that last year you felt either you or I were kind of slagging off, or even just a player that you've noticed this season as sort of like, they've been in the league, but you, this season you've actually kind of been like, huh, look at you.
1: Because of the way that you, you, you've, you've, as you mentioned, this is, the, this is the hot seat, some of these are going to be like, the, which, which answer comes to mind that feels of right? Course, of, of course, course. <laughs>
0: there might be a quote-unquote better choice, but in the spirit of the thing, it's sort of a pub style.
1: I'm going to go Brian Rowe. I felt that the it's Orlando City choice. goalkeeper his, yeah. uh has he came into a position where he he came into that starting job out of the Whitecaps backup role mm-hmm. in, in a scenario where he didn't get a lot of attention or or was rated very highly at the same time that Orlando made a major signing. Yeah. And so at this, you know, the the sentiment that you heard at the beginning of the season was. Well, we've really made some great strides, but do we really have Ryan Rowe as the goalkeeper? Yeah. And I think that he's made some... He's really owned that number one role with saves that, that justify his presence and have, have kept the team in games.
0: I think that's a fantastic pick. I didn't have a. This I should also say that I... I would... I'll do my pick as well, but I haven't thought of
1: any <laughs> It's okay. You come up with the questions. This is a good game.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that's fine. I would say um, pretty much... Any player that on Minnesota that was there last year. Um, Darwin Quintero was great last season, but I think he's been even better this season um, and, and looks much more a star this season. Um, biggest heel. You're a wrestling fan, so I want to know who's the villain this season in MLS for you.
1: Okay. This is going to be a cheap answer, but it's the truest answer. It's Slutton. Still Zlatan. Still, it's always, it'll always be Zlatan. Zlatan Zlatan posted a tweet a couple of days ago that he is Zlatan's favorite team. Don't know who, who will be coached. maybe Zlatan. And it's a photo of a team sheet that's eleven different photos of himself throughout his career in a four-four team arrangement, including the goalkeeper. And LA Galaxy is LA Galaxy replied to it in a tweet. Wow, no chill. <laughs> It's Zlatan. Zlatan remains the the league's the league's biggest light, its biggest uh its biggest heel, the easiest person to boo in in in, in the center of attention. We'll
0: always have Zlatan. Yes. Um which player has been your biggest disappointment this season? Not necessarily and disappointment could be uh in terms of expectations coming in. Um as a new player, or disappointment because they were great last season? Um,
1: I'm going to say there are a lot of uh, you say your, yours first, so I don't step on yours.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I have two. I have two, so I don't want to step on yours.
0: For me, it's hard not to go with Barco. I think that it's a little bit unfair because he's been better and because players always have this adjustment period. But when you do spend so much money and when you are a club like Atlanta where they seem to have a great scouting department and we've seen players come in and do so well like Martinez right off the bat, mm-hmm. uh, Joseph Martinez, um, Barco, you expected to make a little bit more of an impact and I'm, I'm picking him over Pity because I, I, I just think that... Pity has, has had a little bit
1: more impact. Pity's been fine. Yeah. But I mean, maybe, you know, impact, or like, like is, does impact translate translate to, like, dominance? Not always, but I think that Pity has had an okay year. My, my answer is, and one of them is kind of a league answer, and one of them is a Whitecaps answer, mm-hmm. is uh, you got to think that with Fernando Addy, a player who took yeah. a half season out of his career to go play in USL. With, with Cincinnati with the idea that he the, the potential to show when he was in Portland mm-hmm. and somebody that you really thought wow I can't believe they got this guy I can't believe they got him to play at USL and he is now going to take his starring role for a new expansion side he did, just did not deliver on no. that and, 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 and they they've built around him.
0: And in terms of off field stuff he's really sort of thrown the opportunity all that out the window as well.
1: Um, the Whitecaps answer is Freddie Montero. Yeah. Um, who has always been somebody that's hard to get behind and in, and but in his first season, you know, and we've talked about this with Kai Kamara and, and the Whitecaps, mm-hmm. you know, one and done striker issues, you know, at in his first season, he did produce, and he like, like proved that he could be, uh, you know, he was the tonic to the Octavio Rivero year, yeah. b- the year previously, where Rivero scored six goals in his uh, in his first seven games or something, mm-hmm. and then went two years without scoring any extra. Then Rivero was dubbed as the sole striker, and they brought in Montero. Well, Montero was great, and he produced. Um, then they did Kamara, who you've been you've been uh, vocal about saying they never should have got rid of oh, I can't remember saying anything about that <laughs> and, and, and they brought in Montero instead who, who really has looked slow, is not, is not really impressed, he's mm-hmm. scored goals but he doesn't really look like a, like he's been dominating or he's been a, a leader on the pitch either
0: yeah, it, and it would have made sense if we were paying less but we're not, we're paying the same mm-hmm. so uh, a big gamble and the gamble's not paid off at all Okay, now we get into the slightly more creative categories here. Team most likely to cause heartbreak that won't result in them winning anything.
1: So this is a spoiler team, like the team uh, who's gonna who is going to foul who is going to befoul another team's cornflakes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> that moment will happen. In, I'm gonna look at the. I'm, I'm going to be informed by this by looking at the standings. That's fine. This is. You this can do is that. This, I I think this is going to be, uh the moment, will be a playoffs. Will be a moment in the playoffs, and it will be a moment uh, involving. Who do, I, who do I think is? Well, you come up with your answer. I'm yes, gonna give me yours.
0: I'm well. I'm also gonna just say how I came up with categories here. Is I was also trying to think. Of Categories where there is no clear and obvious choice, so where there could be multiple answers. So, I'm trying to pick uh good questions or good award categories where there's not just like such an obvious one. I mean, I guess maybe this Latin one was there, uh, one, but I feel I, like there's multiple
1: answers here. I don't know the structure exactly off the top of my head that they're using. If it's going to be a buy, I assume it's going to be oh, right, first place buy, here, yeah. Uh, it's going to be in the playoffs, and it will be when Atlanta Ooh. loses to the New England Revolution. Okay. <laughs> so you also saw that the they're currently <laughs> winning. <laughs> yes, because yes, and as we as uh, I actually did not see the current result, but what? New England is leading. You're right. I looked at this. New England is leading DC two one at halftime. Bruce Arena is there. New England is now uh, tied for the seventh and final playoff fi- play- final playoff place Atlanta despite the fact that it has remained high in the conference is eminently beatable um, yeah. and I think that uh, I think that that would be from from everything that we've experienced so far unless unless New England go on a true tear where they're going to be higher than seventh it's like
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that because the next category is team most likely to go on a run that won't matter. (laughs) So, this could be a team that goes on a a tear that doesn't make a playoff position or uh, makes it into the playoffs but doesn't actually get all that far. This is going to be. Or like a high seeded team that falls early.
1: This is going to be for funsies uh, because, because. this is a scenario I want to see as much of a scenario as that I think will happen, Colorado. Okay. I okay. want to see, I want to see a blistering run from Colorado because what what it's uh, they're they're five ten and four right now and there's nineteen games played so there's
0: I think they could do it. So I would. Li- I don't even think that's an insane answer. A run where they a run
1: where they. I win. don't think it's likely,
0: but it's possible.
1: A run where they win at least half their remaining games and, and knock down some good teams and still finish tenth <laughs>
0: <laughs> is what I or or take the like sixth and final playoff spot and immediately get knocked out.
1: This is no, this is the part where you're like, Does it doesn't matter. Is that like Colorado is going to be a team that we're all talking about and they're not going to sniff the playoffs? <laughs> I think that's okay. what's going to happen. All right, um, <laughs> can
0: you guess who my pick is for this? For,
1: Please,
0: for uh, a run that won't matter. Please. Oh, I'm gonna guess. You, I want um, you to guess what my pick is. <laughs> I think
1: that you are gonna be really excited about um, Columbus. No,
0: I'm gonna say All Galaxy. I think, <laughs> I think Galaxy sweet. is gonna stay high seated and I think that they like they're gonna. I I know that they make it automatically make it through, but I think they're gonna get knocked out. Yes. So, First team they play. This one um, is a not as exciting category, but I'm genuinely interested here. And there's lots of picks. Best coach.
1: Hmm. Going again by by my gut, my heart, and my my uh, and by the name that pops to mind first. Uh, Matias Almeida. Sure. San Jose. From a position as recently as this season was seemed completely un- irredeemable, is sitting sixth in the conference. Yeah, it is. It is in a, it is in a power position to make the playoffs. It doesn't seem to be there. Doesn't seem to be any imminent drop in form. They don't also seem. They also don't seem to be riding an unsustainable wave of form. No. Nope. Um. There's there are hot teams behind them in the conference, but. But I don't think that there, there's one spot between them in the playoffs. I could see them riding that, that position all the way in. And, and that's a tremendous achievement.
0: And their team that we talked about this um, at the beginning of the season. And I was thinking about it today. They also didn't make a ton of changes in the offseason. And we were talking about that as being their major weakness. And now we're looking like buffoons because... Uh, the players that are showing up—it's Vaco, it's Hosen, it's Wandelowski, it's the players that they had last year that were great. Um, they've got a great goalkeeper as well. I think that's a great choice. Um, Who's yours? Uh, this one's really tough um, because I think that we're already seeing that Bruce Arena is always going to be great, and I think we just just because he had one bad. <laughs> MLS showing, people were like, ah, oh, he's a has-been. Bruce Arena, to me, is always going to be Bruce Arena, and he's always going to be a great, great coach. Um, I think it's got to be Bob Bradley for what yeah. he's brought in. I mean, and not just because it's easy to be like, well, look at the money they're spending, but the style of play, um, he's got every player to understand the system. He's also gotten the best out of his players as well. I mean he's taken a player like Lee Wynn, who is good mm. but has not always been consistently good wherever he's gone, and has kind of had some attitude problems to just get in, shut up, fight for a spot, and then earn the spot
1: and keep it. I think that the thing with with Bradley as well that you where you have to to really credit him is the defensive. capabilities that LAFC have built after their following their um following their their inaugural season where they really sort of rode a wave of form and then didn't have a lot more going for them once that form dissipated yeah they have they have paid more attention both in terms of acquisitions on defense but also like but I don't I don't even think it's just like signing big names on defense I think it's also just like Making it a priority, trying to make sure that people keep their head together, and walkers have are being good. Yeah.
0: And defending as a unit as well. Yeah. Defending from the front as as what we've seen.
1: Um, team most
0: likely to nosedive. So a team that's currently in form that you think is going to either not make the playoffs or a team that may still make the playoffs but also get knocked
1: out. I'm... I'm complaining about, uh, by by seeing this, I'm complaining about, uh, I'm not going to say Galaxy because it's obvious, because it should be obvious that it's Galaxy because how are Galaxy still second in the conference when Mm -hmm. they seem to fall apart at the regular, uh, especially any time that Zlatan is not featured. I'm going to say that my hot take in this regard is that New York City is not going to make the playoffs.
0: Interesting. It, all right I'm, well until next time don't get sent off
1: where can you find me online oh
0: right of course well we can find
1: i don't need to find you online because i can find you right sat in my living room but once i go home you can find me on twitter at team bates batescom i'm an editor at howler magazine whatahowler.com you can find this show on twitter and
0: instagram at that's so mls um, and on Apple Podcasts, That's So MLS, please rate, review, and subscribe.
1: www.thatsoMLS.com If you find yourself in the far extremities of the box, and you think, what if I just, uh, bring this player down in front of me, even though it's not an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, don't, and don't get sent off.
0: Well, they'll come for you,
1: apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it's <a well-time> <laughs>